Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No brakes. No brakes. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Coming up in this week's episode, we hear from the new signing for the Peterborough Panthers, Vadim Tarasenko. He scored 12 points on his first ever visit to the National Speedway Stadium for the Peterborough Panthers, but he wants more. It's okay. For for, for first meeting, it's okay. We all can be better. We'll also hear from Tom Brennan who took part in that fixture for the Bellevue Aces. For the Sheffield Tigers, they're through to the Sports Insure Premiership Knockout Cup final and they're making changes to the side as well, bringing in Josh Pickering. He knows Sheffield is a club, he's, he's excited to come back. I think he can be the difference. More reaction to the signing of Josh Pickering from Simon Stead, plus reaction to that fixture against Wolves. We'll hear from Peter Adams, Zach Cook and Steve Worrell. On the TV on Monday night, the Leicester Lions defeated the Kingsland Stars. We'll hear from Nikolai Clint and Max Frick. I think we've had some some well-earned results and hopefully that keeps them going. Our main interview in this episode is with Neil Vatcher, ahead of the British Under-19 and British Under-21 finals over the coming weeks. We hear from the man in charge of bringing through the next generation of talent. You may be familiar with some of his previous work, the likes of Robert Lambert, Adam Ellis, Tom Brennan, just a few of the names he's worked with in the past. Yeah, everyone can see what is achievable and yeah, for me personally, it's, yeah, it makes all that hard work and the hours on the road all, all worthwhile. A lot more from Neil Vatcher in the second part of this podcast and in part three, reaction to what's been happening in the Cab Direct Championship and the National Development League. All that and more on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Hello and welcome to No Breaks, No Fear, the official podcast of British Speedway. It's all happening in the Sports Insure Premiership. Plenty to talk about in the Cab Direct Championship as well and the National League too. And we'll cover all of that in this week's episode of No Breaks, No Fear. But we start with that televised fixture at the Adrian Flux Arena where Leicester maintained their playoff charge with a 47-43 win at Kings Lynn for their second victory on the road in the Sports Insure Premiership. Starsky 
skipper Nikolai Clint raced to a sensational 17-point haul from seven rides after falling in heat number one. Artem Laguta scored a 12-point maximum from his four completed outings, but Laguta was unable to appear in the closing stages of the meeting after suffering an ankle injury when he clashed with Chris Harris in heat number 10. Max Frick with 11 plus 2 and Nick Morris with 11 plus 1 top scored for a solid Leicester side, with the two Australians securing a 3-3 in heat 15 after the Stars had set up a last race decider. Well, we can hear from the top scorers of each team in a moment, Max Frick, but first, Nikolai Clint with Scott Nichols on Eurosport. How frustrating it is for you boys. You kind of feel like get a little bit of momentum going your way and then obviously Eric Riss comes in and struggles and then obviously injury to Artem. It's tough on the team. Definitely. Um, but like I said uh, before the meeting, we we on a good run. Like We lost at four by four, sorry, Bellevue, one last week, and I felt we, we had what it would, would take to win tonight, but like you said, unfortunately, Artem got injured. Um, Eric wasn't wasn't what uh, what we expected, and then also Kai, he was our match winner last uh, last Thursday, and he, he was finding it tough tonight as well, but I think we can be proud of ourselves. Like we, was, we wasn't giving up, we was fighting, and uh, it was great to, to have the support around the stadium tonight. Yeah, on a positive note, always ran out of positive. The boys fought hard, he pulled it back to within four points, so a lot of character there. Yeah, definitely, Scott. Um, I think we can be proud of our, our performance with a four-man team, if you could say that. And uh, again, last week, the track guys worked uh, very hard on the track and, and it only got better tonight. So um, I'm looking forward to next time meeting. Yeah, great night from you, Nikolai. Thank you. Going to come to Max Standing, captain for Bomber. Max, the Lions are really kind of, a few people saying they're punching above their weight. Why is that? I don't think anyone's punching. I think uh, we're doing, I think, what we all expected. Um, you know, it took a little bit, you know, to, to get the season started and kind of, uh, find our place in the league, let's say. Everything's uh, new for the club and, and it's a new team, all the riders. But, um, you know, we're all meshing really well. We've we got a great team atmosphere. We're working well and, and riding hard. And I think we're enjoying our home track as well as, you know, the away meetings now. So uh, I think we've had some, some well-earned results and hopefully that keeps them going. Yeah, I was just going to touch on that. Like you said, there's a, a good, um, good atmosphere in the team. You're sitting in third in the table, but do you feel that the atmosphere in the team is what's really helping to kind of elevate every rider to perform at their best? Yeah, I think so. I think everyone has a good time. We're there to do business, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all having a good time doing what we're doing. So uh, I think that goes a long way as well. So a win on the board for the Leicester Lions away from home, but definite improvement for the Kingsland Stars. The manager for the evening of the team was Keith Chapman, Buster Chapman in, in charge of the Kingsland Stars on the night. Of course, uh, Alex Brady has stepped away from the side. So what about the future as far as a team manager is concerned for the Kingsland Stars? Well, speaking to supporters after the event at the Adrian Flux Arena, Keith Chapman clarified the situation as it stands. In terms of a, a team boss... Obviously, Alex has stepped away from that role. Dale could technically do it, but isn't well at the moment. Rob Lyon stepped in a couple of times. Like, what, what, what can, what can you do? What, what, what like, where are we in that sense to start with? <laughs> well, <coughs> excuse me, I've got a, been shouting. I've got a terrible sore throat. Um, I, 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 I enjoyed it so much tonight, and and I must say, Rich has been a great help with me tonight as well. Um, I'd love to continue doing it. I would. I'd, I'd, you know, if it gets us to the end of the season, that's where we need to be. There's no one there that you, stands out clearly that you can take. You know, I'd love Rob Lyons to be here, but Rob Lyons is being here, and it'd be wrong for me to say, right, Rob, you know, you're not going there. You're coming here because that'd be totally wrong. And and he can come and do guest appearances. Obviously, you know, if I'm away or I'm doing something else, then we can do guest appearances. But um, that's not good for the riders because the riders. 
they all they need a bit of continuity and uh, so we'll try and give that you know as best we can and uh, if Peterborough aren't riding then obviously Robert can come here and help as well and Richard can offer his services um, Millie's up on all the rules um, so yeah you know we can continue we can continue like this it's just if my wife lets me so it's all down to Mrs Chapman uh, for what happens next with the manager's role at the Adrian Flux Arena. Kings Lynn are next in action away next week on Monday. They're heading to Wolverhampton where it's 45 all at halftime uh, as far as that uh, round two clash goes in the Sports Insure Premiership. At the top of the table, the Bellevue Aces extended their lead at the top of the Sports Insure Premiership with a comfortable 55-35 home win over Peterborough. The Aces are now seven points clear as they recovered from conceding a 5-1 in Heat 1 at the National Speedway Stadium and they took the points despite an impressive debut from Panthers newcomer Vadim Tarasenko. Skipper Brady Kurtz scored 14 for the Aces, dropping his only point to Niels Christian Everson in Heat 13, while Jamin Lidsey scored 10. Rising star Jake Mulford with 4 plus 1 got the better of uh, Peterborough captain Hans Anderson. Tarasenko scored 12 for the Panthers, including two races wins but their rising star Jordan Jenkins was withdrawn after aggravating a wrist injury in his second ride well let's hear from some of those involved in this uh, fixture then and uh, new signing for the Peterborough Panthers certainly began as he would like to continue you fancy Vadim Tarasenko speaking with Lee Wilde Vadim fantastic performance on your Peterborough debut you must be very happy yeah, I'm happy because, uh, but, uh, for my result, but I'm not happy for my team because we, are, we are, have a good team. For, and, uh, today we're fighting on the track, but uh, we're losing meeting. Uh, it was okay, but not uh, so special track for me because for debut Manchester, it, it's, uh, uh, I think it's pretty nice. Uh, starting... It's uh, my uh, Polish engine. Uh, it's okay for 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 first meeting. It's okay. We will do. We 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 can be better. How much are you looking forward to visiting some of the other British tracks? Some of the tighter ones, more technical. Yeah, we will see. Uh, I will ask my team. They are uh, was on the, these tracks uh, more than me. And uh, I think I think together we can we can uh, they are they can help me, and uh, we will fight on the track. Also, your teammates seem to help you a lot tonight. That must have made it easier for you. You know, uh, today track was similar like a like an opponent, and I have an engine similar like an opponent. Uh, I don't. I need to. Uh, uh, help for this for de- my debut, but not too much because it's you know it's uh, not new for me. No, uh, track is pretty nice outside. It was great, cool. Vadim, thank you and congratulations. Thank you. Welcome. Well, there's not been a great deal to cheer about for the Peterborough Panthers so far this season, but Vadim Tarasenko getting 12 around the National Speedway Stadium and then saying that it wasn't perfect, it can do better, uh, you fancy has got to be good news. Um, let's hear from the other side, the Bellevue Aces. Tom Brennan got himself 7 plus 1 on the board against the Peterborough Panthers, and he too has been reflecting on that meeting with Lee Wilde. A strong performance at home for the Aces, that's what it takes, isn't it? 
Exactly, massive, uh, massive a team effort there, and obviously all the boys are working really hard, and uh, and yeah, feels um feels um really good to get another home win. Really strong pass from yourself in heat, and I think that was a ruthless side that we might not have seen from Tom Brennan before. So that's something that's developing in your riding. Yeah, obviously we're always um we're always trying to improve, and obviously we're always working really, really hard. And um, it's sort of getting to the point now where I'm trying to trying to learn. And obviously for the past two years we've, we've been sort of on that on that upward spiral, and um, sort of we're at that point now. Where we need to try and put out moves like that. And it's uh, you know it's, it's it's like a huge change for me because you know it's, it's, it's having that confidence and also having that um, having that commitment to kind of put moves on like that. But it's also having trust in other people. So you know I I, I have massive respect for these guys and. Uh, you know that's that's kind of ultimately what it comes down to but yeah i mean hopefully we can see a few more of those coming a strange score tonight peterborough seemed to put more of a test than the scoreline suggested but bellevue they were very strong yeah we were good i mean we obviously started a little bit slow um but for myself personally i was like you know i started started pretty bad in heat one and then also had a, my second race wasn't too good um and then we managed to turn it around you know everybody's talking really good which is which is which is the main thing and obviously i am i am a winning team so yeah everybody's working hard and um and, and like you say i mean peter peter definitely pushed us hard and with their um with their new signing that you know they're um they're invisibly stronger now so big push now for the end of the year Exactly. That's that's obviously the plan. We're um we're um, trying to make it uh, make it a turn around. Yeah. So the Bellevue Aces go to Peterborough next Monday, June twenty sixth, and uh, it's thirty five fifty five, of course, uh, at the halfway stage for the bonus points there. Well, the other meeting that took place last night was actually in the Sports Insure Premiership Knockout Cup semi final, and it was Sheffield Tigers who booked their place in the final later this season after a successful rearguard action at Wolverhampton on Monday. The Tigers were grateful for their 18-point lead from the first leg. Wolves hit back strongly to win 52-38 on the night, with Steve Worrell scoring a 14-plus-1 paid maximum. But it was a heat 13-5-1 from the Tigers' top two, Tobias Musilak and Jack Holder, which put the visitors back in charge. Adam Ellis seeing the Tigers through to the Knockout Cup final in the penultimate race. Well, there's team changes ahoy at Sheffield. We'll come to those in a moment. But first of all, let's hear the thoughts of the Sheffield team manager, Simon Stead, with Ryan Guest. Well, Simon Stead, that was a, a bit too close for comfort in the end, wasn't it? Yes, um, but ultimately we got the job done. Um, some some really good performances that um, that got us out of trouble. Uh, so... Look, we, we we take the positives out of out of the evening. We came here knowing the job that we needed to do. We needed to get to thirty eight points, uh, and all right, by hook or by crook, we we got that job done. So, um, look for from a from a mutual uh, or from a you know from a mutual fan, then uh, then it would have been a great meeting. My nerves were shot, but uh, like I said, we got the job done, which is the most important thing. We can now concentrate on getting things going again um, in the league. Um, and go again from there. A lot has been said about the, the aggregate point, obviously, because it's been reintroduced into the league this year, and I know this was a, um, a cup semi-final, but, but nevertheless, it shows that having uh, certain home strengths as well is going to prove key in this in this 2023 season, no matter what the competition. Yeah, that's right. And look, in terms of Wolverhampton, we knew we were in for a, for a tough test. Um, they're, they're, they're a very, very good team. With a with a good balance, um, some very good riders. So we knew we knew we were in for a tough night because this is a, an incredibly tough place to come, uh, and you know I'd probably say that it's not one of our favourites. So uh, we knew it was going to be difficult, but like I said, the focus was on um, on getting to to the magic number. Uh, so 
uh, we knew that we were capable of that. We knew um, we knew that it was going to be tough, but ultimately the the job is done, um, and now we can park it and uh, and look ahead. Like you say, you're through to your, your second straight final uh, in the Premiership as well, the Cup final that is. Um, and like you say, it's a job done. You're taking positives from it, but as team manager, you, you must have a, a few concerns about your form on the road. Uh, yeah, I, I'm obviously not happy with with our away form other than at, at certain tracks um, these smaller tighter ones do seem to be causing us uh, more problems but I, I I feel like we will get going um, I, I think that um, there are there are positives uh, and I think we, we've got a, a few riders at the moment that aren't quite firing but you know I, I said to Adam after heat 14 he'd had an awful night um, loads going on with his bikes a big crash um, written off a bike uh, and then to go and pull that out of the bag in heat 14 so you're only as good as your last race and you know that that took a lot of um, you had to dig deep for that uh, and really that uh, that kind of took the pressure off heat 15 so that was a big race so um, we, we, we take the positives we know we have to improve um, and be more consistent in our away form, um, but I feel like I feel like we'll, we'll we'll catch our stride and start making positive moves. Yep, back to league focus and home action this Thursday. Leicester, obviously, a side who, who appear to be growing in confidence with every meeting that they that they ride lately as well, and it's uh, it's going to be another interesting one at Ollerton. Yeah, some riders who ride Sheffield very well, so another team that are that are solid. Um, so. We will need to keep doing what we're doing at home. Um, our home form has been good. Um, our riders are performing very, very well around there. Uh, and I still feel like there's more to come from us at home as well. So um, we'll need to be at our best. We know what uh, we know what we need to do. The scores are um, in Leicester's favour. But with the aggregate point, bonus point, it's going to need us to, to all dig deep and, and pull out another big performance. So uh, let's hope the fans get behind us uh, and help us get there. Well, next up for the Sheffield Tigers this Thursday, it is, uh, well, a fairly local derby as Speedway goes. The Sheffield Tigers up against the Leicester Lions, and that will be uh, a very, very big one for uh, both teams, of course, chasing uh, playoff contention in the Sports Insure Premiership. It will be a different-looking Sheffield side by Thursday. David Balego makes way in the team. He's currently out injured. He suffered a bad knock in Germany over the course of the weekend, which led to him also having to withdraw partway through his Polish fixture on Sunday. Um, Things haven't really gone to plan lately for David Balego. He will be replaced in the side by a former Tiger who makes a comeback to Ollerton. Josh Pickering will be a Sheffield rider starting this Thursday. Speaking about that move, here is Simon Stead. Yeah, it's disappointing that it hasn't worked with David. Rider that I've got a lot of time for, uh, had, had big hopes for. And look, uh, he came into he came into this season with with high hopes himself. Um, he'd forgotten quite how difficult this this league can be, and um, and and he's been finding it tough. So look, there, there's he came in and tried to do a job, and unfortunately, uh, it hasn't worked. So he needs to go away and concentrate on on what he's got going on abroad um, and we need to regroup with the addition of Josh Pickering who is a huge fan fan's favourite um, seven point plus rider the last time that he was racing for Sheffield um, and we get him on a steal in my opinion so uh, if we can get the best out of Josh Pickering he gives us a little bit more uh, certainly um, 
a lot more strength away from home um, and his, his home form last time he rode for, for Sheffield was very good as well so I think that it was a, a, a great move from, from us I'm, I'm, I'm super pleased that we got that one over the, over the line because there, there was certainly a lot of interest from, from elsewhere but um, he knows Sheffield as a club he's, he's excited to come back uh, and get started so I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to welcoming him back into the fold and I think I think he can be the difference Well there might be one or two uh, Kings Lynn fans who are not necessarily in agreement with uh, that switch in fact you're probably not the only one because Kings Lynn have issued a statement saying they're disappointed to note that former skipper Josh Pickering has agreed a deal to join Sports Insure Premiership rivals Sheffield Pickering has endured an injury hit season so far and was taken out of the McKinney Stars team declaration recently as part of the changes which saw Artem Laguta and Kai Thompson join the club however that move was not as a 28 day injury replacement as a 1-7 to featuring both Laguta and Pickering would have taken the stars over the points limit at the time. It was though always the club's intention that Pickering would resume his place and the last week has seen the loss of Michael Palm Toff to injury and Frederick Jakobsen who quit British Racing, both riders who Pickering could now have slotted back in for. Club owner Keith Chapman said it's obviously disappointing but there's nothing we can do to stop it as he was taken out of our 1-7 to at his request, I'm told. I wasn't involved at the time, it wasn't my team but all I can say is I would have kept him in all the time. I wouldn't have taken him out. Josh said he would ring me back when he'd practised and ridden in Poland to let me know what he was doing but I've heard nothing. I've been left holding the baby so to speak with the team and I know it seems a bit bonkers. I would have wanted him in the team here, but this is the situation we find ourselves in. That's the uh, statement on the Josh Pickering situation there. Let's get back to the match we were talking about, which was between Sheffield and Wolves earlier this week, and uh, hear from the opposing team manager, uh, Peter Adams, speaking to Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM. Yeah, we're disappointed, obviously, with uh, the final outcome. Uh, as you say, we... Um we got stuck in from the start and um, <clears throat> you know with three or four races left it really looked as though we were in the driving seat but uh, no it wasn't to be but it was a very tall order against a, a quality team. 14 points around Sheffield here on the noise I mean they're a good side that's that's an impressive performance. Yeah we're uh, we're in pretty good nick at the minute um, and you know we maintained our unbeaten home record which is a positive, I suppose, but it's disappointing still to uh, to lose out in um, in that fashion. You've got some riders in form. Zach Cook has put up some very good scores away from home recently, and he looked really in charge tonight in a lot of his rides. Yeah, he's, he's got to grips with Monmouth now. He's very comfortable here. He's enjoying his racing, and um, you know he was very nearly the match winner today, but. Uh, no, he was very strong um, in our recent away matches and, as I say, he's settled in very well here now and this is the free scoring reserve that we've been missing in, in recent years. Yeah, it's a, it's a real plus. Uh, Steve Worrell was a dependable person. Everybody knew what you were getting with Steve when you signed him and now he's delivering... That was a top-quality performance again, not the first one. Yeah, I mean, that's his first maximum in our colours, paid maximum. Um, and he was terrific, you know, from start to finish. And with the um, the pairs coming up at Leicester a week on Thursday, I've told him and Sam that they'll be our pairing in that event. Yeah, well, they've ridden well together as well, haven't they? As well as both scoring. Yeah, they're the talk of the league. You know, these eight ones are theirs. They keep peeling off these five ones. Be interesting to see what they do next Monday with Mr. Laguta in town. Yeah. But uh, 
No, they're a strong, uh, strong combination. And just quickly about that meeting next Monday, and clearly with his name uh, in the program, that in itself makes it, an, uh, you know, an, an attractive meeting. You've taken on all comers here so far this season, and that's one to look forward to. Absolutely, we need to maintain our, uh, our league form now, obviously, and uh, as you say, it should be a cracking meeting next Monday against Kingsley. Let's see it from one of the riders singled out for praise then from Peter Adams, Zach Cook with Ryan Guest. Well, Zach, first and foremost, it's obviously been a a tremendous effort only to miss out four points on aggregate and uh, the boys can be really proud of what they've achieved tonight. Yeah, definitely. Um, We knew it was going to be tough. Um, Sheffield are a good team, but uh, yeah, we knew what we were capable of around here and I think we're pretty unlucky. You know, we had a few bike troubles there and yeah, a couple of sort of close um, races, but yeah. we probably could have come away with it, but um, yeah, it was tough, and we we done well to get to where we where we did. Yeah, going into the rest of the season, though, is the is the plenty the boys can take from that tonight? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Sheffield are probably one of the best teams on paper, and you know we put a solid score on them tonight, and yeah, there's definitely lots to take away from tonight. For yourself, I know you'd stand at reserve, and obviously uh, that luxury of having the extra ride should you need them. Nevertheless, uh, starting to put a, a string of double figure scores together now, and seem to be settling into this league. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, sort of first few meetings, I was just sort of getting settled and it was a bit different sort of to Championship League. And um, yeah, no, I'm feeling comfortable now. And yeah, a couple of good meetings and giving me plenty of confidence. So yeah. And he too at Monmouth Green in particular, I think that's five or six on the trot you've run now. Uh, won now. Is that uh, something that's, that's key as reserve to, to get that night off to a confidence boosting start? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's sort of my first goal for the night is to win Heat 2 and um, yeah, put myself on sort of uh, like a, on a roll from that and you know I've been doing that which is good and yeah just start keep going away with that Next up for the, the Paris International Wolves it's Kingsland at home in the in the Sporting Shore Premiership obviously um, with a, a big thanks to yourself as well obviously getting that draw last Thursday 45 all at the Adrian Flux Arena and a, another big chance to, to get three more league points on the board next Monday Yeah definitely um, if we just keep doing what we've been doing around here um, yeah we're uh, definitely capable of beating them and yeah getting the aggregate point and yeah, putting some more points on the board for us. Yeah, Zach Cook, a busy man at the moment because uh, racing with Wolves and also with uh, the Pool Pirates as well. And we'll come to them later on in the programme because uh, they uh, had a, a thriller at Redcar last Friday night, which went down to a superheat. But more about that to come towards the end. Um, Steve Worrell was also firmly involved in the drama there as well. But uh, he was also involved in the drama on Monday night for Wolves and uh, again having another good season around Monmore. Here is uh, Stevie Worrell with Ryan Guest. Well, Stevie Worrell, it certainly seems a long time coming, but at last uh, a paid maximum in the top flight for yourself. You, you've got to be well chuffed with your night's work. Yeah, I usually, you know, work my way through the heats and it tends to be a, a big gap, you know, from my last heat, what, heat 10 or 11 to heat 15. So kind of like set your eye off the ball, so to speak. Um, and I always, you know, fall a bit short in heat 15, but kind of looked at it a different way tonight and made sure that you know we was well prepared you know we, we made a few little changes from the last seat to that obviously knowing that the track was going to change a little bit um and just trying to keep myself ready mainly because it, it's a long time you know your, your adrenaline starts to you know fade off a little bit and you, your body cools down so just trying to like stay fired up basically and um yeah, seems to work. So yeah, like you say, a faultless individual display from the team as well. It was always going to be a, a big ask to, to overturn and pull back eighteen points. Nevertheless, to to get within four on aggregate in the end, that's a, that's a tremendous effort all round. Yeah, you know, the, obviously the tip to be the you know one of the favourites. So like you say, um, it was a big points deficit to claw back, and it 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's our own fault, you know. We we let it slip towards the end at Sheffield, and you know, if we'd have been able to manage that lead, you know, it would have been cool to go into Heat 15 and you know, doing battle to get into that final. But just wasn't meant to be, you know. Hats off to Sheffield. Over the two legs, they was the better team, and you know they'll go, you know, head to head with Ipswich now in the final, and um, you know who knows. I think it's two, you know, the the kind of tracks are the opposites really. So it should be an interesting final. You know, if it was two similar tracks where you can kind of you can't split it, um, but I think it, it'll be quite interesting to to see how it pans out. Now, the optimist would say that it's not actually sorted between Ipswich and Peterborough just yet for who's going to be in through to the final to join Sheffield in the Knockout Cup final. Uh, but Ipswich are, I think, 24 points ahead at the halfway stage over Peterborough. So it would be a massive comeback, but you never know. It can be done. can be done. Stranger things have happened, but uh, watch this space on that one. But you would probably think there's a fairly good chance that it will be a Sheffield-Ipswich knockout cup final uh, due to take place, I believe, at the start of September. So a little bit of a while to wait for that one, but uh, it'll be a long I think it's penciled in for um, basically the week after the British Grand Prix, so it'll be a big week of uh, Speedway then, but uh, details TBC, of course. Uh, let's just round things up for this section then and have a look at the Sports Insure Premiership table um, and uh, just see who is where. Of course, the Sheffield Tigers keeping the pressure up on uh, the clubs above them, but heading the table at the moment, the Bellevue Aces, having ridden 14 matches so far with 24 points on the board. That means uh, Bellevue, yes they are top, but they have ridden four meetings more than uh, any other side, uh, certainly the ones directly beneath them. Wolves have ridden 12 meetings, 17 points and a second. Leicester, 10 meetings also, and same on 17 points. It's just the points differences that uh, separating Wolves and Leicester at this stage. Sheffield have ridden nine meetings and are on 13 points overall. In fifth place are the Ipswich which is on 10 points and then below them it's at Kings Lynn 11 ridden and 7 points and the Peterborough Panthers 9 meetings ridden and two points. So it is starting to break away and it's starting to look at the moment like it's going to be four teams from a possible five at the moment. It's down to Kings Lynn to close that gap. They're not uh, being left behind just yet, but you are just starting to get that little bit of a gap opening up now, just a few points. Uh, and uh, yeah, now is definitely the time for Kings Lynn to close that gap if they want to uh, get in among the uh, playoff places you fancy. So looking at uh, the overall outlook over this next week then, in the Sports Insure Premiership, next action will be on Thursday and we've got two round one clashes still finishing off from earlier on in the season. Ipswich versus Peterborough, uh, which will be uh, on uh, Thursday at Foxhall. Ipswich already ahead on aggregates in that one by uh, four points overall. And uh, Sheffield versus Leicester. Leicester have a big old lead for the aggregate bonus point in that one. It's at 37.53. 7.30 the start time for both of of those and then the next sports insure premiership action will be on Monday uh, two round two matches Peterborough Panthers versus the Bellevue Aces and Wolverhampton Wolves versus the Kings Lynn Stars which of course is level on uh, aggregate as it stands at this moment after that uh, super heat from last week so that's the premiership action 
and um, hopefully you can get along to some of those fixtures. We'll review what happens in those this time next week. In the next part of No Breaks, No Fear, we turn the attention on the youth with um, the man who's in charge of the under-19, the under-21 setup, and also uh, the level below that as well, uh, overseeing the GB Young Lions and the British Youth Championships. But also more than that, he is uh, the man... Uh, overseeing all of the referees and the rule book, uh, Neil Vatcher joins us in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back, I'm Ian Brannan. In the final parts of this podcast, we will have some reaction from Redcar, where the Redcar Bears and the Pool Pirates had to be separated by a superheat in one of the greatest speedway meetings you'll ever possibly see. It had absolutely everything, and certainly if you're looking for a, a speedway meeting with some excitement that you haven't seen, that's definitely one to add to your list. It was live on BSN, and uh, that was last Friday. So reaction from that coming up, and we'll look ahead to uh, the week ahead in the Championship and the National League in the next part. But right now, we're turning our attention on the youth situation because the British Under-19 Championships take place at Birmingham Speedway next Wednesday, the 28th of June at Perry Bar. And uh, very soon, it'll also be the British Under-21 final with the uh, lineup announced for that this week as well. It takes place in Glasgow on July the 16th, which is a Sunday afternoon. So certainly two fixtures to add to your diary there to see the youth of tomorrow. The man who oversees those uh, competitions and all of the work at the youth level of British Speedway is Neil Vatcher. Now, Neil's work can be seen wherever you go in British Speedway. In fact, World Speedway now, because riders like Adam Ellis, like Robert Lambert, um, even to an extent Dan Bewley has come through the system as well, Tom Brennan, just a few of the names I'm plucking off the top of my head here that Neil has helped on their journey through the youth ranks to the great top table of uh, World Speedway now. And uh, Neil joins us. Uh, Neil, welcome along. Great to have you with us, as always. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's a big job you have, isn't it, uh, overseeing these these young starlets and trying to get them up to the into the world's best. Yeah, definitely, and that's um, that's part of our sort of selling point to the the next generation. We've been really busy with the youth championship over the last probably six weeks or so, travelling up and down the country. We've been to both both the Scottish tracks, Edinburgh and Glasgow, and Redcar and Workington, which is a great venue, by the way. For anyone that hasn't been there, um, you, you know, um, giving lots of track time to the next, you know, Robert Lamberts and Tom Brennan's and Leon Flint's and so on and so on. And um, you, you know, I know this morning we're going to talk about the under 19s and the under 21s, but you know, there's a great generation of the next breed as well, which we've been working with this year, which is really exciting. You know, for the future of British Speedway. It must give you great satisfaction. I know it gives you great satisfaction to see these these lads progress. Of course, not everyone is is going to um, flower into being a Grand Prix star, but you must be able to see this raw talent from an early age and 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 see these lads going round and think, well, there's something to work with there. Oh, absolutely. You know, to be honest, someone mentioned to me at Redcar, like we had a youth round at Redcar Saturday, and someone mentioned to me, it must be so satisfying for you, Neil, to see you. Know, the work that you you've put in over the years, you know, to see so many riders achieving now, and um, you, you know, in fairness, I think like Tom Brennan is probably the most recent one that's, that's moved to another level this season again. Um, and you know, sort of looking down the list, 
as I said just now, you know, there's, like I'm just sort of looking at the names now from the under-21 final, there's probably, well, in fairness, you know, possibly all all 16 potentially could be the next Tom Brennan's in the next year or so. So, um, you know, is, is that the work dedication that they put in and the effort that those guys put in that, but, you know, everyone can see what is achievable. And yeah, for me personally, it's, yeah, it makes all that hard work and the hours on the road all, all worthwhile, you know, um, to see that those guys do, do really want it and they're all working hard to achieve their own ambitions. The rising star system, of course, continues and that must greatly assist your work, especially when, uh, you know, the lads are, are, are getting now to it to a decent standard and looking to kick on to the next stage. And we've seen, for example, Tom Brennan, as you named him there, you know, made it into the, the main body of the, the Bellevue team, even though he was at rising star last year. And and now, for example, Jake Mulford, he's got a couple of years in those ranks now. And, and I know that fans will be looking and, you know, he's, not every week's going to be a brilliant week. But you can see in his results at Redcar um, in the championship, just how much he has progressed over even the last couple of months, I would say. Like 100% in, to be honest. You know, I think Jake Mulford's a great example. Um, you know, last year, at the British under-19s at Redcar, he was absolutely fantastic and like riding the fence, getting out in the dirt and such an an exciting talent. But at that stage, he was only riding National League, which, you know, no criticism to the National League, but they haven't got that many fixtures. And, you know, this season, as you quite rightly say, we've all seen he's progressed massively due to having, you know, riding in the championship for Red Car and the premiership for Bellevue. And, in fairness to both teams and you know team managers and promotions of those clubs, they've actually stuck with him because they can see the talent there. You know, because I think Jake, for his first red car fixture, had quite a big pile up. He injured himself. He was out for nine or ten days, knocked his confidence. It would have been easy for those clubs to have dropped him and replaced him, but they've they've stuck with him, and now they can see those benefits, which is something that you know. All, all these guys need is the opportunities um, of, of racing against better riders, which ultimately makes them a better rider themselves. Well, the draw's been made for the Under-19 Championships now at Perry Bar in Birmingham next Wednesday. Here it is, and some names you'll recognise among this. Uh, Nathan Ablett at number one, Sam Hagen at two, three is Ben Trigger, four, Max Perry, five, Jake Mulford, six, Joe Thompson, seven, Dan Thompson, Ace Piper at eight, Vinnie Ford at nine, Jody Scott, ten, Elliot Kelly at eleven, Sam McGurk, twelve, Mickey Simpson, thirteen, Harry McGurk, fourteen, Ashton Baugen, fifteen, Freddie Hodge, 16 and the reserves Luke Harrison and Max James some of those riders of course have got experience of riding around Perry Bar as well um, similarly Jake Mulford came very close to, to winning the under 19 title last year finished second so now Leon Flint's not in his way he'll be fancying his chances of, of going one better this year too yeah absolutely like I, I did a press release sort of late last week yes stating that there will be a new British champion crowned on the night due to obviously Leon being been overaged now and no other under-19 champions in the lineup, which is you know, which is really exciting for all 16 riders that, you know, all those guys have got the opportunity to be crowned the new British under-19 champion, which is really exciting. 
again, in, you know, touching on a couple of guys that you've already mentioned, obviously Dan and Joe Thompson are also both Birmingham riders, along with Sam Hagen now. Um, so they'll obviously have the home support. You know, again, Jake, we just touched on exciting talent. Um, doesn't mind riding the outside, you know, can, can blast it around the boards. You know, he's really quick on the grass as well. So he know he knows how to race really hard. Um, even though I could touch on Nathan Ablett, that's been given the opportunity by Scunthorpe in the last couple of weeks. And again, he's improved massively due to be given, you know, that opportunity where, whereas at the start of the year, again, he was just riding nationally, wasn't riding enough. But but now that he's riding for Scunthorpe, you know his his um performances have improved massively, and then we got a couple of riders that are competing in the youth championship as well that have both also going to be competing in the in the under twenty one championship and Jody Scott and Ashton Balgen. both of those guys rode at Birmingham just a few weeks ago in the youth round there, and you, you had had almost like a secret practice if you like for this this uh, British finals and, and both of them were absolutely fantastic on the night. So don't go ruling them out, you know, and again, as I say, looking down the list, you could pick any one of those 16, certainly to, to make the rostrum at least. And, um, you know, like I think I've, I've said previously, like, a, like I've really enjoyed the under 19 final ever since that I've come into this role because it's an age group that, that none of the riders give up. They're all 100% triers. And from my experience, all 20 heats will be exhausting, you know, to be honest. And, um, yeah, like I always come away from that event with a big smile on my face and, um, you know, really enjoying the occasion. So if anyone is, is free next Wednesday evening, I would recommend to come to Perry Bar, you know, what will be a really entertaining night. And it's almost like a, a peek into what Speedway will look like in, in 10 years or so from now, isn't it, with the names there? Because you look at the names on the trophy from the past or even the podium, you know, they're all names that are bread and butter in, in Speedway meetings now. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. You know, this this is sort of like the the next step for the guys and. I know that that this group re- really want to you know win that title next Wednesday, regardless of you know which rider it is. You know, obviously everyone's going to have their favourites on paper, but it's a twenty heat format. There's there's no semis or finals, so you know there's there's pressure in every race. And if if one particular rider has a bit of um, you know bad luck with an engine failure or a disqualification, it opens it up massively. So it isn't. It is an event that, you know, could spring a surprise. So, um, as I say, one that I'm really looking forward to. Okay, so definitely you want to get yourself down there if you're able to. Um, Birmingham Speedway next Wednesday, 28th of June, Perry Bar Stadium. British Under-19 title is up for grabs. Get down there and support them. And if uh, that is uh, not close to you, maybe you're nearer to Glasgow because the British Under-21 final is just a couple of weeks away as well. July 16th. For this one, and um, it is a it's a cracking lineup. We'll go through it from because the draw has been made now as well, of course. So this is the order: uh, one is Ace Piper, two Joe Thompson, three Ben Trigger, four Sam Hagen, 
Uh, five, Nathan Ablett. Six, Drew Kemp. Seven, Sam McGurk. Eight, Dan Thompson. Nine, Jake Mulford. Ten, Dan Jilks. Eleven, Leon Flint, who's the reigning champion. Twelve, Jody Scott. Thirteen, Jason Edwards. Fourteen, Ashton Baugen. Fifteen, Anders Rowe. And sixteen, Connor Bailey. So, some names that stand out there anyway, but particularly some names that might stand out there for uh, for Glasgow fans. I'm probably looking namely at the likes of Connor Bailey and Ace Piper who will have, of course, more experience of, of that Glasgow track than, um, than most of the others, but a, a very competitive lineup there. Oh, amazing lineup to be honest. And, you know, again, the Glasgow track is such a fantastic venue. Um, you know, thanks to the Glasgow promotion for hosting this event. Again, it's a venue that we'll that we all look forward to going to. The racing there is always fantastic. You know, and again, just just running down the uh, the uh, lineup there, Ian, you, you know, there's so many races there. Again, I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic afternoon's racing. Um, you know, some big names in there. You know, some premiership riders. You know, Drew, Dan Thompson, Leon, Jason Edwards, Dan Jilks. Um, I'm sure it won't be long before Anders Rowe gets a premiership spot. Um, and yes, a couple of local favourites, as you quite rightly said, in Ace and, and Connor Bailey, that's been at Glasgow for a few years prior to this year. Um, phew, blimey, you, you certainly couldn't call that, could you? No, you say <laughs> you couldn't. But um, Glasgow is, of course, uh, you know, one of the top tracks. It's it's hosted the the Grand Prix race off just just last year, and uh, um, a, a track that uh, certainly brings. Fast racing, exciting racing, and uh, on the, because of that, I think you know, it, it, as you say, it's 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 anybody's, isn't it? Because it's a it's such a good racetrack. If someone was to ask me to pick a name out of that sixteen, and I don't think I could, to be honest. The only thing that I will say, you know, regards the reigning champion Leon, like I know Glasgow isn't isn't Leon's favourite track. Um, I spoke to him recently, and he's you know, in Leon's own words, he said that he hasn't had many good meetings there, so. You know, perhaps if it was somewhere else, you know, Leon to retain his title would be one of the favourites. But again, you know, with a track that he's he's not particularly favourable to, towards, then it opens up, you know, again, it, yeah, opens it up to any one of the other 15, I would say. And this, this means a slightly different format to the under-19s where the top two scores after Heat 20 go straight to the final and then... The next four go into the semi-final, a bit like the GP format, you know, slightly uh, different to the GP, but similar to that. Um, so in in this event, you possibly have got room for error in, in one race. But again, you know, you're going to need to score probably sort of 10 or 11 points to at least make the semi-final. So again, you know, for these young lads that are only, most of them are teenagers, you know, it's big pressure against hard racing. And you know, there's there's obviously no easy races, so again, it's going to be a very exciting event. Um, some names there that maybe aren't as familiar with with the majority of fans. Um, Ashton Baugen being one, um, people may have seen him in in the national league, but um, currently he's he's 15 and so not eligible to be to be riding any higher up in in the speedway pyramid, if you want to call it that, at the moment in time. But as far as the youth championships goes, he's been pretty successful, hasn't he? And he's had a couple of wins, including in the the 500 cc class, uh, as recently as the, the last weekend at Redcar. Yeah. 
yeah, certainly this is Ashton's first year doing the uh, the uh, youth championship. So, um, and sort of prior to this season, I personally hadn't seen him too much, to be honest. Obviously, heard some good reports, you know, about Ashton that's come from motocross, as we all know. And um, he certainly hasn't disappointed. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, prior to Saturday's round at Redcar, he'd done three rounds, hadn't lost a race. However, at Redcar on on Saturday. Um, he was beaten in, in a couple of heat. Well, sorry, in, in one of the heats leading up to the final from 14-year-old Sonny Springer, which which might not be a, a familiar name to a lot of people. But again, uh, Sonny is a big talent, um, doesn't turn 15 until November. So any National League promoters out there will have to hold their horses on that one and perhaps tap him up for the 24 season rather than the, than the this year. But... Sonny beat me in one of the heats on Saturday, which was a fantastic race. Actually beat him from the back. He um, yeah, passed him down the back straight red car going into the third turn. So that was really exciting. Um, also in the 500 class, we've got Ashton Vell that's, that's moved up from the 250 class from last season and has done really well, really, really well. He actually turns 15 on Sunday. So um, I would imagine from probably Monday morning, he's... His phone's going to be quite busy with some National League promoters. Yeah, um, looking to strengthen up, you know, possibly towards the sort of latter half of the current season. And, you know, we've touched on Jody Scott, of course. Jody's, a, Jody's going to be a big star in the future. He uh, competed in the under-21s last year when he just turned 15. And again, you know, he's, he's competing with Ashton Belgian in, in both the upcoming events coming up. So, um yeah, you know, some hopefully, you know, providing they keep progressing and keep working hard, there's going to be some some uh, names there that's going to be familiar with the you know, British public going forward, hopefully. And in addition to this, you've also been running the first official British Women's Championships as well uh, to run alongside that. And and Katie Gordon is a well-known rider that's, that's been taking part, as has uh, Selena Lieberman, who uh, made history um, being the first female rider to ride in the SGP2 last year. Um, and she did very well, of course, in the in that series. But first time she's really been seen over here too. So just a word about that British Women's Championship. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't have the numbers that we were hoping to have for the Women's Championship, unfortunately. It wasn't, you know, in fairness, it probably wasn't the success that we hoped that it would be. However, on the back of that, Selena did come from Germany. She competed in all, all three events. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have seen a ride in, in Europe before. So I sort of knew what to expect. But I think to everyone that hadn't seen her, they were they were massively impressed with her. Um, she had some really good race times at, at all three venues, Edinburgh, Workington and, and Red Car on Saturday. I know that um, some of her times on Saturday were sim- very similar times to the, the Red Car fixture on the evening before against um, Paul. Um, I know that the uh, timekeeper was was telling me Saturday that she had um, the same time, I think it was as, as he ate, as I say, in the red car Paul fixture. So, and she's she's come over on, on borrowed equipment. She's sort of flown in. She um she actually used Norrit Bladorm's bike at Edinburgh and Workington. And um, at red car Saturday, very kindly, she rode Katie Gordon's bike, who who also competed in the competition, 
and and to be fair to Katie, did a good job. Um, she wasn't on the the level of Selena, but since the 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 last time that I've seen her, she's improved a, a lot. To be fair, and um, yeah, so Katie looked after her this weekend. Let her ride one of her bikes, and um, there's certainly some speed in in, in Katie's bikes, as a Selena proved, and she had some. So a real fast race times, as I say, and to be a, to be fair, you know, going back to Selena, I think there's a, a a bit of interest from some championship clubs regard Selena, and I think since she's showcased herself at these three events, um, some championship promoters have uh, spoken to her about the possibility of coming to the UK to race, which would be really good. That would be a obviously a major statement because we've never had a, a female rider in any of the leagues, uh, national league uh, or above. So if somebody was to take the the leap there, then obviously they'd be breaking new ground. And if she's going round in the same times as the guys, then what's what's stopping anyone? What what uh, what would be stopping someone? Do you think making that that leap of, of bringing Selena Lieberman into, into a side? Like I think anyone. That- that's seen her over these these last three events. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't think the female thing would would come into it. You know, because regards her style on the bike, she actually looks like a spear rider. She's got a great style. She's obviously got the speed. The only thing that, that would put a doubt in anyone's minds is that, that she's ridden in Poland in the Polish Under Twenty Four League, which means that she would come to the UK on a five point average. Um, and, you know, it's possibly a bit of a risk for someone, um, you know, a, a German rider, you know, regardless of, of her sex, you know, on a five-point average that, that, that hasn't ridden in in the UK, you know, only at these three venues. So, um, yeah, like, I honestly don't think that, you know, being, being female will put anyone off because she's she's a totally classy speedway rider regardless of her sex, so... We'll have to wait and see on that one. But yeah, it, it would be really you know, cool if, if someone did, did bring her over and introduce her. And you know, from a publicity thing, I think that would be fantastic as well. Well, I know that um, I spoke to Phil Lanning a, a long time ago and, and you know, he was saying the, you know, that what Fallon Sherrick did for darts. You know, she, she um, you know, got to the yeah. world Absolutely. You know, fi- uh, finals. Finals, or, didn't she? she did, and, and, yeah. and how much that generated, uh, you know, publicity for not for the event but also for the sport in general and same that it would be for whichever club took the took the plunge and was brave to you know to, to make this happen uh, brave from a points point of view and, and and everything else and going into the unknown slightly but it would probably definitely i think pay off in 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 many ways more than just an on the track yeah 100 percent. yeah it's just just getting that club to you know sort of fitter in on a five point average you know like honestly you know from a Sort of rules and regulations side of it. To me, I personally think yeah, it's just just maybe that five point average that might put anyone out off. Other than that, you know, she to me, if she was coming in on a four point average, she would hundred percent be 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 worth. Well, I wouldn't even say risk. She'd be worth the chance. Um, it's just you know, it's just a team fitting her in on a five point average. I think maybe a little bit of a downfall, but. Um, if anyone would would take that risk, I'm sure they they wouldn't be disappointed. And and you know for the for British Speedway, you know, as we just touched on, I think it would be a fantastic um, opportunity to give us some publicity. Um, and you know, 
it would be great for the sport in general and and also that club. Yeah, and it's not just publicity. Clearly, she can do the job. Clearly, she's as fast as the guys. So yeah. you know that's the thing, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah, this is my point, really. You know, to me, she she isn't a risk. She's worth the opportunity. She rides in the Polish Under Twenty Four League, as does you know many of the British riders. Jason Edwards, Dan Jilks, Leon Flint. You know, she competes with them regularly anyway. So why not compete with them? In the UK, on the you're talking about averages and stuff. There, we we had one or two riders that were finding it difficult to get a, a team spot at the start of this season, um, and we touched on one. We mentioned Anders Row earlier. Drew Kemp, of course, found opportunities difficult to come by. Um, you're, you're kind of stuck in the middle here, I, I guess, in some respects, because you've got the SCB hat, but also you're wanting the best for the the youth riders to to have their opportunities. Is is there a way to do you think reduce the chance of that happening again um, in future seasons? Where where riders who are on a sort of a four or five or six point average are finding it you know places hard to come by, um, you know they've done the work in the, in the British youth and and come through those ranks and then they're they're getting uh, um, they're, you know the places are, are hard to come by because of international riders maybe taking those spots. That really is a a good debate to be honest. I think you know ultimately as we've seen with Drew um, and. Again, like I'm sure Anders will get an opportunity sooner rather than than later. Um, I think ultimately, as it turns out, pretty much everyone's got a spot now. Um, they didn't at the start of the year. It's difficult with, with with team building, as you quite rightly say. You know, some of these guys get stuck with. You know, it seemed like this year the sort of five and a half point average was was the sticking point. Um, you know, because initially Anders didn't have a spot anywhere. Drew didn't. Max Clegg didn't. And they were all on similar sort of averages. But, um, you know, we've, we've seen it all, all pan out that um, eventually they, they do get those opportunities. So, you know, um, it hasn't been discussed, but whether, you know, like a grading system could perhaps come into play, whereas, you know, riders are, uh, putting groups of you know A, B, C, and D like like they do in Denmark, I believe, and um, you, you know, perhaps that's a way around it. But on the flip side of that, as I say, you know, it seems like everyone's pretty much got a team spot now, so um, it doesn't seem to be so much of a problem, even though it was you know sort of four to six weeks into the season rather than at the start. I think that's well, that's the nature of Speedway, isn't it? That, you know, injuries come along, teams get shaken up and those opportunities are bound to come on. On the flip side of that, when it comes to rising stars, would would you um, would you encourage, as say, Jake Moore for being an example, um, that if you're a rising star, then maybe you're a rising star for the for the season, unless, of course, you're injured or there's some other reason that you can't continue. But would you like to see that sort of continuity that, that, that teams have to stick by a guy if they're a rising star and it's about development rather than necessarily big points? Yeah, again, you know, that's, that's a good debating point. You know, um, again, like I'm, I'm always a little bit cautious because, again, you know, ultimately it's the club's businesses, isn't it? And if, you know, if, if clubs are suffering... You know, if a club hasn't won for six meetings and and it's affecting their business, I think we've just got to be a little bit careful where we obviously don't want to lose any clubs through, um, you know, like losing spectators if they're losing every week. So, again, yeah, it's a valid point, um, but it's between a rock and a hard place, isn't it? You know, between the development of riders, but also being cautious 
with the club's businesses as well. And looking at the um, remaining part of the season, um, we're coming towards uh, August before we know it, and that's going to be the cut-off date at the end of August for any um, potential further transfers, team changes um, going in towards the playoffs. Just explain to us how it's going to work this year because, of course, it was a bit of a, uh, perhaps too much of a grey area for for fans and clubs um, last year um, that saw, you know, some changes being made. We won't go into the detail because we know what we're talking about, but um, what's what's the protocol this year? It's slightly different this year. Like last season in the Premiership, the Premiership actually had a a transfer window um, similar to what they do in football now. But during the winter, because of the issues and the debates that, that went on last year, that was taken out of the rule book for the 23 season. So it's the same rule for all, all three leagues now, which um, I'll actually re- read the rule as is written in the rule book. So there's, there's no team changes will be allowed after the 28th of August, with the effective date being the 31st of August. So explaining that in sort of black and white is that you can make a change on the 28th of August being the last day, which which would, would then introduce that rider on the 31st of August. So that would be the last changes for all three leagues, except riders returning to the team after injury who can only replace their original replacement. So again, explaining that in in simple terms, um, I'm sure everyone's sort of read this week that Eric Riss is coming back into the Ipswich team, replacing Ben Barker. So if that was later in the season, and Ben Barker was was still in the Ipswich team, say on the 6th of September, and Eric Riss was then announced fit, then Eric would have been able to come back in because Ben was his injury replacement. But other than that, if if that all makes clear um, sense, other than that, there's, a, there's no team changes after the 28th of August. For all three leagues. So if my if my number one yes. goes down on the on the tenth of September, yes. and I've still got two uh, two playoff uh, meetings left to, to to race, and of course it's a big match, it's it's the grand final. Uh, what are my options then? Is it just a guest, or you? But and and, yes. and and what yes, would, would be, yeah. and and would that be a guest that is only written in this country? I'm getting at if Poland have finished and Ty Wolfenden's available. No, no, he it would be a guest from. A rider that's that's in a declared team in the UK. There we go. I don't think we can make it any more black and white yeah. than that. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that all makes sense with the with the mad rules yeah. in place, which I know frustrates a, a lot of people. But hopefully that's quite clear. So yeah. So in in that scenario, you would be able to have a guest from one of the other teams. Okay, and and unless one of those riders that's currently not riding in this country signs for a British team between now and the end of August, then. Um, that's that. Exactly right. There we yeah. go. That's it. Yeah. Okay. He would have to sign for a, a team on the 28th of August. Very good. Okay. Well, I mean, we've got some um, big name riders in, in the league currently, so the, I don't think we've got any shortage of big names to, to go around, should that be the case. No. No, it's a pretty exciting season, isn't it? And, it, and I was pleased to see old Tarasenko do do such a good job for Peterborough yesterday because, um, yeah, I sort of feel like Peterborough were obviously let down earlier in the season, so... It was pleasing to see that he did a good job for them last night. And um, obviously, everyone's talking about Emil and Laguta and Doyle and Frick. 
you know, you know, I think, you know, it's been a really good season so far and enjoyed watching it on BSN and Eurosport and live. So, and I hope everyone feels the same. Good stuff. Well, look, thanks for chatting to us, Neil. Um, always, always great to, uh, to, to chat with you about, about Speedway and everything else. And we, we could chat all day, I'm sure, but you've got, you've got things to do. You've probably got signings to approve <laughs> and rules to change and things like that. Ooh, there isn't any rule changes. <laughs> Not until next season. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe some signings. Yeah, that's it. Maybe that. All right, thank you for having me on. And yeah, doing a good job on um, the podcast and also BSN. Thank you very much. My thanks to Neil Vatcher joining us on this episode of No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. And those dates once again, British Under-19 final takes place at Perry Bar, Birmingham, next Wednesday, the 28th of June and the 16th of July at Glasgow for the British Under-21 final. Some great fixtures in the British Speedway calendar. In the next part of No Breaks, No Fear, we'll have a roundup of what's been happening in the Championship and in the National League as well, and looking forward to the week ahead in those two leagues. In the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. In this final part, we'll have a look at what's been going on in the Cab Direct Championship and the National Development League, and we'll start with one of the best meetings I've seen in a very long time, and I think you will struggle to find a better one as well, to be honest. Poole edging out the red car bears in a superheat at the end of a Cab Direct Championship thriller at the Echo Arena to go back to the top of the table. The sides drew 45 all in a terrific contest which boiled up in a dramatic finale with the scores level. Bears number one, Danny King, was disqualified from Heat 15 for breaking the tapes. That gave the Pirates a match-winning position in the rerun, but on the last bend, skipper Steve Worrell was disqualified for bringing down Charles Wright, and the race ended in a 3-3. Charles Wright needs to get out front here for the Red Car Bears to take it to a final superheat. This is going to give victory to the Bull Pirates as it stands. Charles Wright oh. is slipping further back here. Up the inside comes Steve Worrell for the Bull Pirates here. Going round the outside, it's Charles Wright. Steve Worrell just about in front into the final turn drama Charles Wright's down goodness gracious me final Ben bunching there he's been excluded Steve Worrell's been excluded excluded here it's going to go to a heat 16 this is unbelievable speedway tonight we are having so that meant it was the first ever superheat in the Cab Direct Championship. Charles Wright made the start in the superheat, but the key battle was for third place, where Poole's Richard Lawson passed Danny King on the third lap to win the meeting for the visitors. Lawson had a sensational night, scoring 16 plus one bonus point from six rides in the regular match, whilst Wright scored 13 for the Bears. Reserve Jake Mulford added eight plus three as well. So speaking after the match then, let's hear from the captain of the Pool Pirates, Steve Worrell, with Hayley Bromley on BSN. Steve, where do we start with the end of this meeting? A controversy in heat number 15 excluded there uh, in the original running. Um, just talk us through what happened there with Charles Wright. I just felt like he dropped he dropped it over the top. I mean, he, he kind of knew that the, the pass was made and he, he dropped it over the top, but as he did, he kind of like locked up. And obviously I've got nowhere to go other than into the side of him. It wasn't nothing intentional. We just managed to because if it was forceful, you know, it would have gone flying, but we kind of just tagged on to each other. Um, made, it, made the meeting more interesting, I guess, and obviously we still come out on top, so I can't be, uh, I can't be too misgruntled by it, but um, obviously I've lost the points that I was going to earn in that race, so um, for now the, 
Superheat and Pirates win, so I'm happy. First, uh, first Superheat for the Pirates this season, I think. Yeah, we don't want many more of them if we can. <laughs> It'd be nice to just finish the job after, after 15 heats, but um, no, the the fans was entertained. You know, they got an extra race for them for their uh, admission price, so everyone, yeah, happy days. Some of the other big stories from the Cap Direct Championship from this last week. And Gary Flint has stepped down as Berwick team manager for personal reasons. The former rider and father of British Under-21 champion and bandits, Captain Leon, has managed the bandits for the last seven years in addition to the National Development League side, the Bullets, and acting as co-promoter of the Borders Club. Kevin Little, who rode for the full set of Northern Clubs during a sparkling 20-year career, will manage the Bullets full-time for the rest of the season and the bandits' home meeting beginning with that visit uh, this last week of uh, top of the table Oxford Cheaters. On to the match itself and Oxford kept up their 100% record in the Cab Direct Championship with a very close fought victory, 46-44, taking them back to the top of the table in a last heat decider. The Cheaters overcame the loss of Louis Kerr with a knee injury in heat one after a crash and still secured the victory at Shieldfield Park with their top two of Scott Nichols and Sam Masters, both still in top four. Nichols scored 13, Masters with 11 plus 1, both unbeaten until the Bandits took a consolation 5-1 in Heat 15, whilst reserve Henry Atkins again made a vital contribution with 9 points. Meanwhile, the Bandits were left to rue a spark plug failure for Thomas Jorgensen on the last lap of Heat 7, which turned a 3-3 into an Oxford 5-1. Leon Flint top scored for the hosts with 10 plus 2, and he's been reflecting on that fixture with Ryan Guest. Well, Leon, uh, Saturday night at, at home to Oxford, it was uh, another frustrating one, uh, another challenging one for the team in the end. Yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, we was unfortunate with Thomas uh, breaking down in that one race, but then again, Oxford was unlucky with uh, Louis being withdrawn for the for the first heat. Yeah, but obviously the, the the start Oxford have made un, unbeaten in the in the championship, and obviously uh, you haven't had too many home meetings yourself. But nevertheless, it was a, a disappointing way for it to end because around heat eleven twelve, it looked like you might be able to to have enough to to get over the line. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. It's not any luck or anything like that. You know, we as a collective, we all need to to push harder and uh, up our game um, it's as, as simple as that so you know we can go and redeem ourselves at Birmingham Wednesday hopefully yeah like you say when you look down the, the scorecard as well obviously Thomas is one point that, that probably was the, the standout where it, where it perhaps did cost you what, what was wrong on the night uh, I don't know um, you know Thomas was just not getting out the start but uh, you know you couldn't fault him for his effort on the track so hopefully uh, you know we can all get out the out the traps on Wednesday and um, you know all ride the 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 way we know we can. Yeah, and obviously some some big news behind the scenes as well with uh, with your dad Gary stepping down as team manager. The, the the reasons behind that. What's what's his thoughts been on everything? Oh, I, I wouldn't say that it's anything big really. Um, just wants more time with for himself and the kids and stuff like that. So he can't really say anything you know about that. Um, you know, he's just choosing to to take a step back. You know, he's still doing everything behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, there's it's not any big news or anything like that. All the people that's filling in have been there from the same amount of time as as my dad has been, so they're all familiar faces. Yeah, and like you say, a big away meeting at Birmingham Perry Bar on Wednesday night. Nevertheless, obviously need to stop picking some points up in the Cab Direct Championship, and and you could really do with a run of home fixtures as well. Yeah, well, we we do have the. You know the home fixtures coming up. We we have them more at the end, where everyone else is kind of sitting waiting to see you know 
if they're in the playoffs or who they're going to be racing against kind of thing where we're hopefully going to be on the ball and uh, racing week in week out so you know hopefully if we do make the playoffs that'll work to our advantage yeah, Leon Flint there, and as he touched on, the Berwick Bandits next in action on Wednesday night, visiting the uh, new-look Birmingham Brummies under manager Stuart Dixon. He's made his first moves by signing Troy Batchelor back into league racing and adding the signing of youngster Sam Hagen at reserve. They replace long-term injury victim James Wright and Aussie teenager James Pearson. But Dixon has hinted there could be more to come. There's new averages on the way out very soon, which will come into effect in July watch this space quick roundup of everything else that's been happening in the cab direct championship that we haven't touched on of course there was uh, the second scottish derby glasgow duo benjamin basso and chris harris both scored maximums as the tigers fended off edinburgh to win 49 41 at ashfield basso went through the card with 15 points harris scoring 13 plus two combining for a 5-1 in heat 15 after the weakened monarchs had taken the cab direct championship meeting all the way to the last race and that was their second 5-1 in the space of three races with heat 13 where they also got the better of Edinburgh guest Justin Sedgman hailed as one of the best ever racers at the venue. Sedgman top scored for the Monarchs with 11 plus 1. Newcomer Bastian Bork impressed with 8 plus 1 along with Paco Castagna. We should say uh, get well soon to Paco Castagna. After that meeting uh, over the course of the weekend in Italy he had a big crash and he's set to be out for at least four weeks now uh, having uh, broken his arm and I think dislocated his shoulder as well so all the best to uh, to Paco. Hope to see you back on the track very uh, very soon. On the other hand, coming into the side will be Josh Pickering, who makes his return for the Edinburgh Monarchs, uh, along with, of course, now the Sheffield Tigers. So welcome back to Josh Pickering to British Racing. Scunthorpe kept their excellent form going with an emphatic 57-32 home win over Plymouth in the Cab Direct Championship. The Scorpions were without ankle injury victim Michael Palm Toft, but took match and aggregate points with another powerful display. Skipper Simon Lambert's super run continued as he racked up 14 plus 3 from six rides, and reserve Connor Mountain adding 13 plus 2. Jake Allen with 13 plus 1. Kyle Howarth scored 9 for the Gladiators. A couple of other bits to touch on. Um, British Speedway stalwart Ulrich Ostergaard is staging his farewell meeting at Peterborough in uh, just under a fortnight. Sunday 2nd of July is the day. It's a 4pm start time and uh, he's got some uh, big riders uh, joining him in the lineup for that. If you head to uh, the uh, Facebook page and search for Ulrich Ostergaard farewell, you'll see all the info. It's going to be a 16-heat four-team tournament between the Peterborough Panthers, the Red Car Bears, the Glasgow Tigers and uh, a Danish select side as well. So some well-known names going to be involved in that. So look out for that one. We should also say a uh, congratulations to Chris Harris, who took a superb victory in the second round of the FIM Long Track World Championships in Ostrov on Saturday. Um, of course, he uh, lines for Leicester and Glasgow in regular speedway, but he dived inside Martin Smolinski to lead the decisive race and then held off uh, the constant pressure from the German to take... Uh, his first ever grand final win at the 10th attempt. So well done, Bomber, on the top step in the latest round of the World Long Track Championships. 
Finally, let's have a look at the National Development League and uh, there weren't too many meetings this week, but Leicester Reserve Max James enjoyed his best performance of his career as reigning NDL champions won 47-43 at the Edinburgh Monarchs Academy. James took seven rides and scored 15 plus one for the Lion Cubs, a total which would have been even more but for a fall on the last bend of Heat 14 when he was all set for a 5-1 alongside Ashton Baujan. Dan Thompson collected 12 points, Baujan adding nine plus two as the Cubs won on the road for the first time this season despite a 15-point maximum for Max Clegg on his debut for the Edinburgh Monarchs Academy. Adam Roynan scored 11 for the hosts as well. Uh, looking at the other fixture that took place in the National Development League and Kent reeled off four five ones in the last four races to secure a 54-36 win over Bellevue Colts in the National Development League on Sunday afternoon. There were just two points between the sides after Heat 11, but the Royals then stretched clear with their top two of Ben Morley and Nathan Ablett scoring 13 plus one, whilst Reese Naylor on 9 plus three played a key role at reserve. James Pearson scored 12 for the Colts. Matt Mar- Larson added 10, but the visitors were hampered by the loss of Luke Muff with concussion to add to the uh, non-availability of Freddie Hodder and Paul Bowen for the meeting. So uh, injuries and things adding up for the Bellevue Colts at this moment in time. Let's have a look at what's coming up then in British Speedway over the next week or so. Starting on Wednesday, June 21st, Cab Direct Championship. And we get to see the new look Birmingham Brummies with Troy Batchelor and all uh, taking on the Berwick Bandits. It starts at 7.30, that one also live on BSN on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, at the same time, the Oxford Cheaters face the Pool Pirates again at 7.30 over at uh, Oxford Stadium in Cowley. Thursday, June 22nd, we've got some round one action from the Sports Insure Premiership. Ipswich Witches against the Peterborough Panthers and the Sheffield Tigers up against the Leicester Lions, both starting at 7.30. On Friday in the Cab Direct Championship, Edinburgh Monarchs host the Birmingham Brummies. Big one, that one, for uh, the sides looking to get themselves into the playoff places, of course, getting tight down there, and Edinburgh with uh, Josh Pickering back. Uh, Glasgow Tigers hosting the Scunthorpe Scorpions at Ashfield, and at the Echo Arena, it's Redcart versus Plymouth. All of those getting underway, 7.30, the start time. On Saturday, National Development League action with the Leicester Cubs hosting the Edinburgh Academy, and Workington hosting Oxford at 3pm in the afternoon, Leicester v Edinburgh is at 7pm. Monday, Sports Insure Premiership, round two fixtures, Peterborough versus Bellevue and Wolverhampton versus the Kings Lynn Stars. Uh, both of those getting underway at 7.30. And then no action on Tuesday, so uh, your next fixture after that will be the British under... Twi- uh, so your next fixture after that will be the British... So your next fixture after that will be the British Under-19 final in Birmingham, 7.30, that we were talking about earlier with Neil Vatcher. Have a great weekend in Speedway, wherever it takes you. We'll be back here next Wednesday with a new episode available first thing in the morning, rounding up all of that that we've talked about and all the moves and drama that uh, will unfold over the coming week. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe the podcast. It's totally free on whatever app that you listen to the podcast on. Uh, if you uh, follow it, make sure that it downloads straight to your device um, straight away so you don't miss any episodes. And you can also give us a rating on your app of choice as well and a review and all that kind of thing helps other people find and discover the podcast too. So hopefully you can help us out on that. We'll join you next week for the next episode. 
episode of No Breaks, No Fear, building up to a big week of Speedway, some big fixtures on the card, and we'll be looking ahead to the Premiership pairs next week as well, which is going to be a big one. So uh, join us for that. Have a good one. Take care. We'll catch you next week. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Podcast Network.